Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It is August 29th, noon central. That means it is time for Drive Through HR. Uh, this is your host, Dwayne Lay, back in the hosting chair for the first time in a long time. It's nice to be back. Uh, today, we're kind of kicking off our uh, Thursday series where we're going to focus on HR tech, HR implementation, uh, how it impacts practitioners' lives, and all of the great things that come with working in technology, uh, since that's how most of us spend our days. Uh, so with me for this session is Jeremy Ames. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing, Dwayne? Doing great. Why don't we start off with you uh, introducing yourself to the folks who are listening at home. Let them know kind of what you do, where you're at, and how you ended up where you are. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so what I do is I'm the CEO and founder of Hive Tech HR. We are an HR technology consultancy based in Massachusetts, but with uh, consultants kind of spread throughout the country. We also have a presence out in Minneapolis. And I've been doing this for nine nine years almost. I'll have my nine-year anniversary of the company in a week, actually, which is actually, I think it oh. coincides somewhat with the, uh, the drive-through HR anniversary, roughly. It's pretty close. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's pretty fantastic. Thanks. And how I ended up here, wow, um, I used to work for one of the HR technology software vendors called NuView, and so I got my, uh, got my chops in implementations for a while, had done a lot of implementation work over at Fidelity, got uh, into the human capital space there, and kind of transitioned that into starting my own company. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So. Yeah. Um, so you and I have worked together before. We've done we've done some projects together and some uh, presentations together, if I recall correctly. So let's talk a little bit about um, the space that you work in. So I know that you work with a lot of HRVPs, a lot of HR leadership teams. When you come in to work on a project as as an outside consultant, what kind of uh, special skills or or knowledge do you bring to that team that would drive one of these leaders to go to an external source? Yeah, so what we try to do, and it's actually been an evolving process. So, you know, we started out popping into specific points in in the work that these uh, HR departments and HRS departments are doing. So, you know, we started in kind of implementation, then we went into this post-implementation world, and then we kind of circled back to um, the system selection what we've done more recently is is we've realized that these VPs of HR uh, and and even just overall HR departments they're struggling to kind of see that big picture and, and not only see it, but actually manage it and plan for it. So, so that's kind of the new world that we are occupying where we kind of know that start to finish process um, just by having worked at in, in each individual portion of it. And now we help those VPs of HR, we help the HR departments be much more strategic and think about it more as kind of like a strategic roadmap, uh, which then would also have the execution behind it. Okay, so how does how do how do you start a project if you've been brought in uh, to yep. look at someone's tech stack, to look at a particular problem they're having? Where do you start mm-hmm. to dive in to get to understand someone's uh, ecosystem? 
So you're always coming in at a different point, right? So you're you're most likely we're mostly likely coming into situations where either a client is saying or or a, let's just call them a company. They're they're saying, "Hey, we know we need to get off of our current uh full suite HCM system." Or they're saying, "Hey, we know that we're inefficient right now. We like the technology itself, but we just need to to do more with it." So there's always a different point, you know, another thing that's happening quite frequently frequently lately is that um, there's a lot of movement in the VP of HR uh, basically role, and so people are inheriting these roles. They're coming into new companies, and they they really want to get an overall lay of the land. So, so what we do is, you know, most often it it starts with an assessment. Um, I mean, we call it a pre-check, but you know, it doesn't matter what you call it. It's really assessing their current landscape, finding out what's working, finding out if there are you know, large swaths of their systems that need replacement. Uh, but also, you know, we're really starting even before we get to that point, uh, trying to find that intersection between what the business objectives are and what their people management objectives are. Just so, you know, you don't start out directly with technology, but you really, we first need to fully understand what they're trying to achieve, you know, in terms of business objectives. Do you run into a lot of challenges with that, or do you find that the the current pack of HR leadership has a pretty good handle on those things. You know, uh, surprisingly, I guess uh, there, there's always opportunities. And, you know, since that kind of fresh look may not have happened, or if it did, it didn't happen, you know, for several years, there's always opportunities that are discovered as part of that process. So, you know, mm -hmm. how well the company currently manages um, where they're at and where they're headed, you know, may vary, but there's, there's consistently opportunities, and in some cases, you know, based on maybe some leadership changes, maybe a, a large acquisition that took place, there's oftentimes a huge disconnect between, you know, where the technology is taking them, taking the company, and, you know, what they really need uh, in order to take them where they want to go as a business. And th that's where okay. we can add the most value, and e even if we weren't in the mix, that's where any company can really, you know, make a pretty big dent. Okay. So for leadership that's out there that is looking now at the money they spend on tech, at the way their, their stack is built, if they even have full access to it, what can they start doing today? What can they look at in, in their day-to-day -day or in their strategic planning to prepare themselves for this work, to prepare themselves to get more out of their tech investment uh, and to get more out of those systems? How do they start? And first, they, I, I already mentioned the first starting point, which is trying to find out what they want to do from a business and, and people management perspective. Mm -hmm. But then from there, they definitely need to catalog what they have. You know, it, sometimes we go through these processes and, and we're, we're like a fly on the wall listening to a company talk about their current, um, basically their current system architecture, with the, even just cataloging all the systems they have in place. And, and they're often surprised at the, at the number you know, you find that there's there there have been some autonomous like parts of the organization that have gone out and found systems to do specific functions like scheduling or you know. So that process mm -hmm. is actually quite it's uh, educational not only for us as the people who are trying to help, but for the company themselves. You know, they come out of it saying, "Oh my God, we didn't realize we had 17 disparate systems that are all you know underneath the human capital management umbrella." So that. Mm -hmm that process and trying to make it kind of as concise and well diagrammed and understandable as possible is, is definitely one of the first steps we take. Okay. So one of the yeah. things that I've noticed in, in working with companies is that 
those those tech stacks seem to get um, they get blown out because we're spending so much time trying to fight fires that we yep. don't take the time to strategically learn our systems and what all they can do. The other thing that over the last few years I've seen that's really caused a challenge, um, or well, I shouldn't say challenge, an opportunity, is the amount of mergers and acquisitions happening in the HR tech space. I find a lot of times that you'll end up with three systems that all can kind of do the same thing without even realizing it. Do you run into that a lot with your clients where they're not even keeping up with kind of the companies they do business with? Yeah, that is that is definitely something that happens. You know, it's it's both the mergers and acquisitions that then potentially add functionality within, you know, the applications that, that these companies have already contracted to. But it's also, you know, even when they first bought, there may have been aspects of the system that were either native to, you know, the the vendor who built that part of the system, or they had already, you know, acquired some functionality that's now part of the system that's, you know, how tightly integrated that is, is something that the clients then figure out over time, right? So, <laughs> so I would definitely say that, uh, you know, the customers, um, companies' understanding of their overall tech stack, as we're calling it, is there's always an opportunity and how well they understand it is, is going to vary, but they're they're consistently not going to understand either what they bought or, you know, the direction, keeping up, like you said, with the direction that these software, software vendors are taking, especially with so much movement in, in our industry. So for, for the practitioners that are out there, for someone who's working their way up or who's trying to move into that HR tech space or HRIS, um, mm -hmm. where do they go? What are your resources for, you know, supplementing your own knowledge, your own skills in this space? I mean, what have become my resources and knowledge are, are just work doing the work. So, um, and that's mm -hmm. just me being honest. I, I was very vocal, and I actually sat on the board of IRM for a while, which is a great resource that just kind of has, mm -hmm. has also kind of rejuvenated a bit. So, IRM has now kind of reannounced their their uh, certification. So that's now a, another opportunity again to get the HRAP certification. Um, you know, personally, like I said, I. I did a lot uh, of being vocal. I was on Sherm's uh, HR technology and management um, expertise panel for a while. For me, it, it became to really learn and to kind of spread the word. I started just doing the work exclusively, you know, spreading that knowledge to our clients and still attending conferences and, and you know, doing some of that stuff. But, you know, sometimes you you talk no no offense to block talk radio but sometimes <laughs> you need to do and not always talk but i know you're doing so that's that's not any dig at you Dwayne. <laughs> oh no no i don't think it that way at all it's fine i try to yeah. do as little as possible i think we all do that um for for those who are listening just to make sure you have this uh when jerry talks about irim we're talking about i h r i m um and yes. so you can hit them up at um i h r i m dot org so they do have that uh uh, that yep. credentialing for the HRIP source. Um, I actually remember going to the IRM conferences a few years ago, and I think yep. it was in Chicago was the first one I went to. And it's it's interesting for the people who go to HR Tech. It's a it's a very interesting dichotomy between those two shows. Um, HR Tech seems to be, um, and and I'm going to say this: I love HR Tech, right? I, I have love for both shows, but HR Tech seems to be a very very big show where everyone shows up. And the attendees, I think, are, are a lot of times more junior level who are there to learn, who are there to kind of uh, get some experience to kind of see what's out there. 
Whereas I think the Iron Show was a lot more focused towards HR leadership and people who were, um, I'm going to say, a little more tech savvy who were there, kind of like what we see with Unleashed. They're really there to, um, you know, look at what's new, look at what's coming out, you know, look at how they're going to allocate their budget uh, and how they kind of build upon upon their available uh, resources. That's my impression. Yeah. Of yeah, it's. I mean, I've been very close to the conference space. It's been an interesting journey. Uh, I still go to, you know, Iron doesn't, Iron doesn't have that annual conference anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm still going to, I'll be at HR Tech next month, and, you know, I do have some activities there, and then I'll be actually at Unleash in Paris. Um, I'll be moderating the HR Tech stage there and on a panel. Oh. So, yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, well, that's fun. I will also be at that show, so we'll uh, we'll have to catch up while we're there. Grab a croissant. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about let's let's drill down into some specific areas um, to to blow. Let's talk about implementations because this is an area that that I do a lot of work in that I'm really interested in hearing uh, other people's thoughts on. So, what would you say are the the kind of two or three biggest challenges you run in from an implementation standpoint, um, specifically for HR teams? So I'm going to actually I'm going to tie it back to what we had as the title for this episode which was uh, okay. you know, HR HR's role in tech and system adoption. So this does I'm not like taking us down a different path. I'm saying there is a very close tie in with implementation uh on this topic I because essentially agree. I completely Yeah. Agree. So so this concept of system adoption is one that is completely it's just not given the attention it deserves on the bulk of implementations. So, you know, what what we try to do is make sure that it's, it's a large focus. If we're doing the start to finish work, system adoption and choosing systems that are, are more easily adopted that have kind of embedded learning in them and, and vendors that provide some level of change management. So that's all stuff you can do up front even before you've chosen your systems. But then it can still fall apart during implementation. Because, you know, as much as you set things in motion the right way with the right system, if you're not paying attention to those things during implementation and don't have people who are preparing the organization for this, you know, go live, as people like to call it, that go live consistently can fall flat in that first month. And, you know, looking back six months after that go live, it can be even more horrifying to see the low levels of adoption that have happened. So... I guess my overall point is if it's not if it's not part of implementation plans and if there aren't people specifically on the project whose roles are system adoption and there aren't connections to for example the communications um, function at your at your organizations you're kind of setting yourself up for failure not kind of you are <laughs> sorry let's be definitive Uh, it's an excellent Uh-oh. point. I completely agree. Adoption has to be baked in from the very beginning. Um, yeah. And and to me, one of the things I always look at is people generally don't care that much about the platform. What they care about is the function and, and the information they're getting from it. So, um, and I'm trying to remember, someone made a, an analogy at one point, like, you know, when you buy Excel, like no one cares that it's Excel. What they care about is they have spreadsheet functions and, you know, they're, they're not going to argue about like what color the, the ribbon bar is, but they care about it. Can right. they do what they need? Can they get the information out of it? So in, in the time that I've worked with, with different clients, one of the things that I've, I've always strongly recommended to them to help drive that change is to make sure that they are really clearly and loudly broadcasting metrics from that new system 
So mm -hmm. the people who are then getting recognized in those announcements and the people who are performing, they're only measured by whatever that new platform is, right? So you might have somebody who's doing as much work. They're not in the new platform. They don't, they don't get seen. And, and it's kind of a dirty trick because you're, you're kind of, well, not kind of, you're incentivizing people going to use the new system, right? But that's part of change management. Um, any yeah. other, any dirty tricks that you've learned over the years that you would, you would share with people? I, I don't know ex exactly if this was sort of what you're referring to, but uh, I mean, if there's gamified aspects of your HCM stack, that's, that's mm -hmm. an easy one. You know, like, for example, if, if you've bought a learning management system that has some gamification baked into it, then you're most likely going to achieve better adoption. If you have, you know, even performance management, which tends to have a lot of challenges in, in getting people to comply and complete things in a timely manner, unless there's like a huge um, unavoidable tie-in to compensation, then mm -hmm. having those, the ability to really both incent people to complete reviews uh, in the, and as well as, uh, you know, adoption is also better achieved when it can be measured. So having dashboards that show HR departments exactly where everyone stands in the process uh, and also not over notifying people. Like that's, that's been a big uh, shift in focus. There was this huge push towards every single thing that needed to be done by an employee or manager or even, you know, some of the functional departments being triggered by a notification. And then, you know, based on the way our lives have gone and, and even within companies like that just became way too overbearing. And so there's been a pullback on that. And now, you know, people are looking for more strategic ways to make sure that we get people to do the work they need to do, but not overburden them with notifications. Those are just yeah, some of the tricks. Yeah, that's another excellent point on the notifications piece. Um, systems I've seen that have, it, it's interesting to me, people are so used to getting things in certain channels. Um, you know, we've got a system that will send out notifications when certain things happen, or like a lot of systems, so they'll just show you on the screen, hey, there's some things here to pay attention to. And every time I see a client says, you know, we want all of these to come to everyone's email, like, I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, no, you don't. Not really. You think you do, but you don't. Like, give that a week. And within a week, you're like, yeah, it turns out we don't want that at all. This is like, no. I'm defeating the purpose of having the system because I'm getting flooded by emails and I can't get any work done. So right. it's the, the notification, I'm, I'm trying to find a clever word for it, notificationalization of our data. Wow. Um, there's there's absolutely a, you like that? I'm going to write that one down. Yeah, I like that. I remember what I said. It's a lot of, um, lot of letters, but do that, yeah. It's very powerful on the Scrabble board. Um, but there's definitely a, a, a kind of a negative downstream impact we see of those kinds of things. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about success stories. This is one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I'll, I'll let you pick. You don't even have to say the client name if you don't really want to. But, but give us a success story. What's someone you worked with that, that started off just super scrambled and came out like just really excited about the work you've done with them? Yeah, we've had a lot of them. I mean, not to brag, but there's been a lot lately. This is the time to brag. It's okay of, to brag. That's what you're here for. All right. Well, it's again, it's the epiphany because, you know, we would have had success stories in the past where somebody said, oh, yeah, we ended up with the system that was perfect for us. Or, yeah, we made it through implementation as successfully as we could have, and it was because of our help that we got, you know. And even mm -hmm. it's never like, oh, my God, that was the best thing in the world because it's still excruciating, especially when payroll is involved. But 
Um, so we did those, you know, and we still, you know, people would say, oh, you extended the life of our system that we should have gotten rid of three years ago. And, and that felt kind of good as well. But um, so those are all the success stories of your, I would, I would call them. The ones, the ones that we've been achieving more recently are, you know, when we're brought in the door from the beginning, we do, we, we had one very recently where, you know, it was like there was a core system in place that the the client thought was was going to be the the baseline for their future, but they had also set in motion a lot of point solution implementations and and other things to um, to basically layer on to that core system. So they had an ATS they had already chosen. They had some idea of a of a learning management system they were going to add on. You know they were deciding should they use the core system for onboarding. So you know it was basically exactly what I was describing earlier as you know we had to figure out what they what their future should look like from a business standpoint and how that aligned with what they were going to try to do from an HEM standpoint what their current tech stack looked like and then to basically create both a strategy and roadmap for them and you know the cool part about a project like that is it's not like okay here's your roadmap enjoy it um and we'll see you next year or whatever we then help execute on it so so, you know, we've, we've become kind of this partner, which is an exciting place to be. And, and that's where I think, you know, whether it's us, whether it's a specific HRIS function within the organization, uh, whether it's some other consulting firm or some whoever, it's a valuable addition to, you know, what, what in, in years past, HR departments, especially, you know, leadership were kind of struggling with. You know, because you've got to keep the employees happy. You've got to keep the C-suite mm-hmm. happy. You have to, you know, prove your value in some ways, and and doing that all with potentially a technical uh, technology architecture that's either gone out of gotten out of control or just doesn't have that kind of strategic vision. Yeah, there's a. That's there's, it. Was that a good enough? It's a really I good didn't point. say client name, but it, is that specific is. enough? No, that's okay. No, that's <laughs> good. It's a there's. I like the fact that you point out like there's a different way of measuring success than we used to have. Like we just yeah. we look at it a little bit differently. Um, and I think that really takes you away from the, what I think is like the old school consulting mindset versus the new mm-hmm. like partnering mindset, which I think is a, is a neat, yeah. neat thing to watch as it kind of comes through the industry. Um, okay. So real quick, just to, to um, reference back in case anyone was interested, um, Jeremy talked about Unleash in Paris. That's coming up in October. Uh, the website for that is unleashgroup.io if anyone is interested in checking that out. Uh, again, it's a great show. I've been there a couple times that uh, the team puts on a fantastic event. I may, uh, so um, we've got I don't know if it's worth it. One real quick on that, Dwayne. I, I, uh, yeah. If for anybody out there who's like a practitioner, a leader in HR, uh, you can also reach out to me. I have a few strategic um, codes that I could potentially uh, drop on people if they want. So I don't know if this was the right venue for that, but I put it out there. This, so. is, absolutely, this is absolutely the right, right. venue for that. Um, so right. to that end, we've got, uh, we've got just a few minutes left. Why don't you let everybody know if they wanted to reach out to you uh, about those passcodes or whatever else might come to mind, uh, what are all the best ways for them to find you? Cool. So, um, yeah, you, you may have seen me on Twitter re- reference to this uh, podcast, but it's Jeremy Allen Ames, and that's A-L-L-Y-N. Thank you, Mom. Uh, you can also email <laughs> me at jeremy.ames at hivetechhr.com or you can call me at 1-844-HIVETECH H-I-V-E-T-E-C 
And one before I forget, I did, you know, this felt like it was a little more about me than I'm typically comfortable talking about. So I did at least want to give a huge shout out to my team. Uh, I'm really proud of the team that I've assembled here at Hive Tech HR over the years. We've merged with a company called HR Techies in the fall out in Minneapolis, and we've got just a really, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the team that we've got going right now to kind of deliver on the things that I was talking about on this call. So just wanted to do that real quick. I, I think that's fantastic. Let's, let's spend just a minute on that then. Um, so talk a little more about your team. Again, you don't have to go into specific names. Um, what are the areas where your, where your team really shines? What are your, I mean, we kind of talked holistically how you deal with clients. What are you guys really great at? Well, it's we've had to, like uh, when I describe what we're trying to do for our clients, we've had to be really great about everything related to, to HCM technology. And in fact, in some ways, we've sort of, so we've started branching into pure HR knowledge, uh, which is, and payroll. So there's been some new areas we've had to accommodate because, you know, we don't, we don't consult on like financial systems. We don't consult on CRM. Like everything we've done since I founded the company nine years ago has been HR technology and HR. So the point being, if I'm going to say that's what we do, then we need a, a mix of people that can deliver on, on all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the strategic thinkers who can do that road mapping work, the people who can literally implement payroll. Uh, we've started even with some staff augmentation stuff like running payroll, which scares the crap out of me, but we do that <laughs> and we do it well. So don't, not to say we're not doing it well, but it is, it's a, it's a new world. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the point is I could give you names that do each of those things, but the idea is you come to us with an HCM problem or challenge or opportunity and we'll, we'll be able to help. So That's fantastic. That's uh, the problem yeah. with naming people is you always forget somebody, right? So that's why I always yeah. off the hook with names. Uh, Cause I know how bad I am about that stuff. Um, so with just a couple minutes left, any other uh, thoughts, kind of where the future is going for you? What are you looking at over the next year? What do you think are, uh, are kind of the big opportunities for you and your team? To to really expand upon this area that I just mentioned, just kind of becoming uh, technology partners for our clients. That's that's a big one. I'm I love staying on top of what's coming from a from an overall technology standpoint. That's literally why I started this and, and left one of the specific vendors is to get a to kind of stay ahead of the market and in some cases drive it. So, you know, I'm looking at the trends like where productivity tools are being kind of embedded into the HCM technology stack. So that's that's something exciting for me. Uh, I also, one thing I didn't mention is I'm, I'm involved with this kind of interesting group called the Advisor Collective, which is kind of a consortium of advisory firms such as ours. And I'm, on, I'm kind of the chair of their membership committee. So that's another one with, if you're hearing what I'm saying now and you are interested, you can email me for that as well because you know, we're always looking for new members. And, and that kind of creates the connection between the consultancies and the vendors as well. So lots to look forward to, including the upcoming conference season. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Anything particular with Paris that you're looking forward to? It's one of my favorite places in the world. So. <laughs> The wine. Uh, no, I, I have to keep this business related. I am definitely, I mean, it's a great conference they put on. I'll be, like I said, I'm moderating the HR tech stage, which allows me to introduce and kind of give my take on the presentations that are happening. So, you know, these conferences are always a great opportunity to see what innovations have come, you know, what the practitioners and the HR people are looking for and their challenges. So, you know, this one in particular, when it's 
when it's in Europe, it doesn't hurt either because, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can also look around at night, and it's it's a fun place to be. So I look forward to seeing you there. Likewise. Likewise. I haven't been in a couple of years, so this will be a lot of fun. And and yeah. you're right. It's always a great show with uh, with fabulous content. So, Jeremy, yep. thank you so much for joining us. We're just about out of time here. Uh, I can appreciate you coming on. Uh, one last time, let everybody know the website if they want to reach out to you and your team. It's uh, – W, do people say www still? But I, I don't think so. I think we dropped that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. It's hivetechhr.com. H-I-V-E-T-E-C-H-H-R.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Again, it was fun to, uh, to kind of get back in the host chair. So we'll be doing this every Thursday. And if you have an interest or, or even if you're – uh, just kind of tooling around and looking for something to listen to. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can go out and rate us, which we always love to see. Send us notes. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, it's almost impossible to get away from any of your hosts and or guests that you have on the show. So that, that is it for us today. Again, thanks to everyone for joining us, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs>